Good morning and good evening. Welcome to the Seed Limited Second Quarter 2023 Results Conference Call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Ms. Minju Song. Please go ahead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SEED's 2023 Second Quarter Earnings Conference Call. I'm Minju Song from SEED's Group Chief Corporate Officer's Office. Before we continue, I would like to remind you that we may make forward-looking statements, which are inherently subject to risks and uncertainties, and may not be realized in the future for various reasons, as stated in our press release. Also, this call includes the discussion of certain non-GAAP financial measures, such as adjusted EBITDA. We believe these measures can enhance our investors' understanding of the actual cash flows of our major businesses when used as a complement to our GAAP disclosures. For a discussion of the use of non-GAAP financial measures and reconciliation with the closest GAAP measures, please refer to the section on non-GAAP financial measures in our press release. I have with me C's Chairman and Group Chief Executive Officer, Forrest Lee, Group Chief Financial Officer, Tony Ho, and Group Chief Corporate Officer, Yan Wang. Our management will share strategy and business updates, operating highlights, and financial performance for the second quarter of 2023. This will be followed by a Q&A section, a session in which we welcome any question you have. With that, let me turn the call over to Forrest. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining today's call. In the second quarter of 2023, we delivered strong results, building upon many of the key initiatives we shared previously. We are pleased to see positive developments across all three segments of our business during the quarter. Shopee continued to enjoy significant improvement in margins and strong growth in revenue year on year. As we started to ramp up growth for Shopee, it saw double-digit increase in gross orders quarter on quarter. Karina showed sequential active user and paying user growth with bookings demonstrating more signs of stabilization. Moreover, FreeFire also started to see quarter-on-quarter growth in bookings. Simani continued to achieve both strong growth and profitability while maintaining a relatively stable risk profile. As a result, at the group level, we saw not only top-line growth, but also significant bottom-line improvement from the previous year. With our cash balance, which includes certain short-term and treasury investments, further strengthened to $7.7 billion. In the past couple of quarters, we have not only achieved self-sufficiency, but also demonstrated the profitability of our model and our ability to manage fast and significant shifts in operational focus as we see fit. Given this, we have strengthened our execution capabilities and increased the thickness of our ecosystem. We believe we are now on former footing to better serve our communities. Meanwhile, the economics of our region have remained resilient with inflation largely under control. This further boosts confidence in the long-term growth prospects of our markets. We're also excited to see recent ecosystem developments in diversified user engagement through live streaming and short-form videos, as well as affiliate programs, which already brought new growth to Shopee. Such developments in our ecosystem offer us further opportunities to expand our long-term profitable time. Given these positive developments and trends, we have started and will continue to ramp up our investments in growing the e-commerce business across our markets. Such investments will have impact on our bottom line and may result in losses for Shopee and our group as a whole in certain periods. However, this does not change our unwavering emphasis on self-sufficiency and improving cost efficiency as a key competitive mode. Moreover, we believe that the efficiency gains and the stronger footing we have achieved through our past efforts 
have further strengthened our ability to invest efficiently in growth. Most importantly, we will remain highly agile and prudent by closely monitoring the conditions of each market and adapting our focus and pace accordingly from period to period. As I discuss Shopee's performance later, I will further elaborate on some of our focuses areas in the near term. With that, let us now discuss each business segment in more detail. Starting with e-commerce, as we mentioned in past quarters, we have been highly focused on reducing our ecosystem's cost to serve and improving the user experience for both our buyers and sellers. During the second quarter, we made important progress on both fronts. In the quarter, we further improved the efficiency of our logistics operations and expanded our network and capabilities across our markets. New initiatives such as improved digitalization of scheduling and the tracking of orders also enhanced the user experience. More delivery options have been launched to address user preferences as well. For example, in Singapore, we have recently added an additional 600 collection points across a variety of retail locations to the existing 1,000 self-collection blockers to offer more delivery options to users. In Taiwan, we installed lockers with 24-hour access at around 150 convenience stores with plans to scale this pickup option across the market. These efforts have resulted in lower logistics costs, including manpower costs and a better delivery experience across our market. We believe that a highly cost-effective and a seamless logistics operation can serve as a key competitive advantage for us. Our efforts certainly go beyond logistics and include all parts of our users' e-commerce journey, which have become our competitive mode as the leading integrated marketplace in our region. We will remain highly focused on lowering the cost to serve for the entire ecosystem while continuing to improve user experience over the long run. We also improved our user engagement metrics this quarter, further cementing Shopee's position as the e-commerce platform of choice. For example, we have focused on growing our live streaming feature, driving significantly higher participation from buyers, sellers, and creators in the second quarter. The feedback from our efforts was highly positive, reflecting the strong demand and high satisfaction for this feature from our users. Indeed, during July's about seven live streaming focused campaign in Indonesia, we recorded a 12 times growth in transaction volume and a 10 times increase in the number of buyers during the campaign as compared to a normal day. For the double H shopping campaign, around one quarter of our Indonesian buyers watched the live streams on Shopee Live and made close to 5 million orders in a single day. In fact, Shopee has already become the leading live streaming e-commerce platform in Indonesia based on a report by Populix. We also significantly grew the pool of influencers and content creators through our Shopee affiliate program. This in turn enables us to efficiently attract more buyers to our platform. These affiliate partners are carefully recruited by our team and can choose to work with us directly or with the sellers on Shopee to promote products to their communities. Feedback from our efforts has been very positive, and we are starting to see a tangible boost to our GMV and revenue from this initiative. Indeed, over the course of the second quarter, over 1 million influencers registered with the program. Meanwhile, we have been attracting more new users to our platform, especially including those from the less accessible areas of our market. We believe we are unique in having the full capabilities to service the mass market 
with the broadest coverage with our low-cost-to-serve and strong-owned infrastructure. We have also broadened our assortment of products for our core categories such as fashion, health, and beauty to further enhance our competitive mode in the long-tail categories. As a result of our user-focused efforts, buyer net promoter score on Shopee improved by 10% over the course of the second quarter. For sellers, we continue to improve support by upgrading our services and tools to provide a more seamless onboarding process, more attentive seller management, and better seller tools and services. We also provide our sellers with more upskilling and training opportunities to improve their competitiveness. For example, we have conducted hundreds of daily classes and camps to train our sellers and organize the knowledge sharing events this year in Malaysia. Our Shopee on the Road initiative brings free in-person training to sellers across Brazil. We partnered with Thailand's Creative Economy Agency and other industry participants to help introduce artisan products produced by local Thai communities to our global buyers and provided business training and marketing support to these Thai sellers. In summary, as we look back on the past few quarters, I'm very pleased and highly encouraged by the progress made. Having significantly improved our efficiency and unique economics over the past few quarters, we have become the first and the only e-commerce marketplace in Southeast Asia with a proven profitability record at scale. This track record shows our ability to manage profitability and growth in each market as we see appropriate based on market conditions. More importantly, this ability puts us on a much stronger footing and positions us well for maximizing our long-term potential in each market. We now have a more adaptive and efficient organization supported by our strong market leadership and financial position and underpinned by a resilient macro outlook. As shared earlier, we believe now is the right time to start reaccelerating our investments in growth. The early signs are encouraging. Gross orders in the second quarter grew by more than 10% quarter-on-quarter, driven by growth in both active buyers and the buyer purchase frequency. Looking ahead, as we reaccelerate investments in growth, our strategic focus to build cost leadership and continually improve user experience remains key to our long-term success. We believe that the learnings from the past help us to be even more effective in executing our strategy. We plan to stay highly agile in adapting to user preferences as well as the ever-evolving industry and competitive trends to strengthen our leading position. Moving on to digital entertainment, Garena's performance in the second quarter was encouraging as the positive trends in the previous quarter continued to play out. During the second quarter, both quarterly active users and quarterly paying users grew quarter on quarter as Free Fire showed sustained signs of improvement in user retention and engagement. Bookings for the game also grew quarter on quarter for the first time in the past seven quarters. These recent trends are encouraging signs of a free fire stabilizing while remaining one of the largest mobile games worldwide, and we continue to closely monitor if this is the beginning of a longer-term stabilization of the game. In recent months, we have continued to improve core user experience and optimize features and content to ensure a more seamless gaming experience for all users. We also refresh the gameplay of Free Fire, particularly around characters and maps.
We recently celebrated Prefire's sixth anniversary with many community events that our growing user base found highly engaging. There have been sustained healthy trends across our existing long-running franchises, and we will continue to build upon these successes. One of Garena's key competitive advantages is our ability to bring best-in-class game experiences to users across diverse markets. We have repeatedly demonstrated how we build deep, lasting engagement with our users, particularly through games involving complex genres and gameplay, even if they are using low-spec devices. And we are confident that we can further capitalize on this as we bring more new games to our key markets. Lastly, on our digital financial services business, Simani's second quarter performance was strong as we continued to expand our features and the product offerings across the business. We are also increasingly seeing growing benefits from the synergies between the Shopee and the Simani ecosystems. More importantly, our progress has enabled us to provide underserved segments of our market with better access to financial services and products. In the second quarter, gap revenue grew 53% year-on-year, driven by our credit business. Profitability in terms of adjusted EBITDA also continued to improve meaningfully on both a year-on-year and a quarter-on-quarter basis to reach $137 million, while we maintained a stable and healthy risk profile with non-performing loans past due by more than 90 days, remaining at around 2% of our total gross loans receivable. Over the past quarters, we continued to refine our risk policies with respect to customer credit and selection. Alternative funding from third parties for our credit business also grew as a portion of our loan book as we continue to diversify the sources of funding. We have seen progress made in further developing our digital bank offerings. Our bank in Indonesia has expanded its service offerings, making our services even more convenient for our users. For instance, the bank app is now compatible with QRIS, a local QR code standard, and connected to BIFAST, a real-time simplified bank transfer service to enable easier and faster payments and transactions for our users. Users can now purchase digital products such as mobile data and pay utilities or credit card bills through our bank app. Meanwhile, we have further integrated the bank into our broader ecosystem through our direct debit feature where Shopee buyers can make payments on Shopee directly from their bank account with us. As a result of our user-friendly UI and UX design, the rating for our bank app reached over 4.8 stars on both Apple and Google App Stores, one of the highest among banks. With our expanded offerings and products, we continue to focus on serving the underserved financial needs across our markets and collaborating closely with our ecosystem partners to ensure the healthy and sustainable growth of our business over the long run. To conclude, we have made strong progress over the last quarters in our efforts to enhance our efficiency improve user experience, and solidify our market leadership. As we ramp up growth with efficiency, prudence, and agility, and continue to strengthen our fundamentals, we are better positioned than ever to capture the sustained opportunities across our businesses and markets. We believe our efforts will translate into even greater defensibility and profitability for our business as a whole over the long term. With that, I will invite Tony to discuss our financials.
Thank you, Boris, and thanks to everyone for joining the call. We have included detailed financial schedules together with the corresponding management analysis in today's press release. So I'll focus my comments on the key metrics. For C overall, total gap revenue increased 5% year-on-year to $3.1 billion. This was primarily driven by the improved monetization in our e-commerce and digital financial services businesses. Our group total adjusted EBITDA was $510 million compared to an adjusted EBITDA loss of $506 million in the second quarter of 2022. On e-commerce, our second quarter gap revenue of $2.1 billion included gap marketplace revenue of $1.9 million, up 28% year-on-year, and gap product revenue of $0.2 billion. Within gap marketplace revenue, core marketplace revenue mainly consisting of transaction-based fees and advertising revenues was $1.2 billion, up 38% year-on-year and 7% quarter-on-quarter as a result of both increase in advertisement uptake by sellers on our platform and commission rates. Value-added services revenue, mainly consisting of revenues related to logistics services, was $0.6 billion, up 11% year-on-year. On a quarter-on-quarter basis, value-added services revenue declined 7% as we began to re-accelerate growth during the quarter and increased investment in shipping subsidies programs. E-commerce adjusted EBITDA was $150 million in the second quarter of 2023, compared to an adjusted EBITDA loss of $648 million in the second quarter of 2022. The improvement was driven by increased monetization and greater operating cost efficiencies. For our Asian markets, we achieved an adjusted EBITDA of $204 million during the quarter improving substantially from a loss of $316 million in the same period last year. In our other markets, the adjusted EBITDA loss was $54 million, narrowing meaningfully from last year, when losses were $332 million. Contribution margin loss per order in Brazil improved by 83% year-on-year to reach $0.24, reflecting better monetization and higher efficiency in our operations. Digital entertainment bookings were $443 million, and gap revenue was $529 million. Adjusted EBITDA was $239 million, with quarter-on-quarter growth partly driven by the sequential increase in free-fire bookings, which has higher margins. Digital financial services gap revenue was up by 53% year-on-year to $428 million. Adjusted EBITDA was $137 million in the second quarter of 2023, compared to an adjusted EBITDA loss of $112 million in the second quarter of 2022. On credit, as of the end of the second quarter of 2023, The total loans receivable on our balance sheet was $2 billion, net of allowance for credit losses of $279 million. Non-performing loans passed due by more than 90 days as a percentage of our total gross loans receivable remained stable at around 2%. We recognized a net non-operating income of $108 million in the second quarter of 2023 compared to a net non-operating loss of $33 million in the second quarter of 2022. The year-on-year increase was mainly due to higher interest income in the second quarter of 2023 and investment losses recognized in the second quarter of 2022. We had a net income tax expense of $62 million in the second quarter of 2023, compared to a net income tax expense of $65 million in the second quarter of 2022. As a result, net income was $331 million in the second quarter of 2023 as compared to net loss of $931 million in the second quarter of 2022. With that, let me turn the call to Mingyu. Thank you, Forrest and Tony. We are now ready to open the call to questions. As usual, our Group Chief Corporate Officer, Yan Wen, will lead this part. 
Operator. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. In the interest of time, we will take the maximum of two questions at a time from each caller. If you wish to ask more questions, please request to join the question queue again after your first questions have been answered. At this time, we'll pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question comes from Pang Vit from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Hi, good afternoon, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Two questions from me. Firstly, on e-commerce, any comment on GMV and take rate in second quarter you can provide. Can we also have a better understanding of your e-commerce strategy right now? What exactly did you see that prompt you to be more aggressive on spending now? Any change in competitive landscape? Where do you spend right now as well? Is it on price subsidies, shipping subsidies, or brand campaign overall? Why is there a lacking as well for this to show up in top line? And the objective you try to achieve, any guidance you can provide. And importantly, what is the lie here? Will we potentially see you go back to cash burn mode or negative EBITDA on e-commerce again or on group level? That's question number one. Question number two on gaming. We start to see a better trend on QAU and also K ratio. It is safe to say that the worst is over for Free Fire and we will likely to see some positive momentum shift forward toward road again. Any one-off due to seasonality, due to summer holidays? And can you also walk us through the improvement for your EBITDA margin here as well? Is this the new run rate we can expect? Thank you, Pen. Uh, that seems to require a lot of questions <laughs> into. Uh, so on the e-commerce side, uh, regarding GMV and take rates, uh, we see uh, also sequential growth in GMV, and we did mention that uh, we saw double-digit growth uh, in order uh, number uh, quarter-on-quarter. Uh, so that's a, a initial positive sign uh, in relation to our ramp up investment uh, in Q2 already. Uh, why we, uh, in terms of tech rates, uh, uh, as uh, some of you probably already observed, uh, we continue to see uptick uh, in, in the in terms of uh, uh, advertisements and also uh, seller spending on our platform, and therefore uh, the core marketplace uh, revenue continues to grow uh, as a result. Um, of course, there is some uh, uh, impact on the VAS uh, revenue because of uh, our ramp up investment in logistics uh, spending which affects, uh, uh, due to gap accounting and netting off, uh, affects uh, VAS uh, gap revenue. Uh, and uh, I think that might be an uh, ongoing trend. Uh, so we, we want to highlight that uh, in terms of take rate, we would like to uh, get people to look more at uh, core marketplace take rate because uh, VAS take rate will be affected by accounting treatment uh, of the uh, uh, shipping subsidies we may provide from time to time. Uh, and in terms of the, uh, the what, what's going on, that uh, why we are uh, uh, you know reaccelerating our growth and this uh, investment in growth uh, during this period of time, uh, I think if we look at uh, the the past uh, quarters, uh, we have become the first and only uh, e-commerce platform in our region that have achieved a profitability at scale. And that shows uh, the strength uh, of our operations as well as our ecosystem. Um, I think that also looking at the, the financial position uh, we have achieved and the resources we have. Uh, overall, we think we are in a much stronger position and on a much stronger footing now uh, to refocus on growth. I'd like to remind uh, all that uh, you know we keep uh, during the entire uh, uh, lifespan, uh, we've been talking about the growth potential of our markets, and our markets remain uh, important growth markets uh, for e-commerce and the significant opportunities that we think are ahead of us. Uh, so that should never be lost, uh, regardless of a uh, you know, shift in focus. Uh, but the past few quarters' efforts uh, in focusing on cost efficiency, improvements on um, overall uh, uh, 
cost management uh, of the organization, uh, as well as, uh, as we mentioned, the continuing efforts to focus on cost leadership for our ecosystem as a whole has significant benefit us uh, to uh, grow further more efficiently uh, in this period of time. So I think this is uh, one benefit we can leverage uh, as we shift to uh, back to reinvestment into growth. And the second thing is um, the, when we look at the macro environment in our uh, ecosystem, uh, we've seen resilience, uh, in fact, in the uh, local economy and uh, consumption so far. Uh, and more importantly, we also see new opportunities for growth, uh, in particularly relating to uh, uh, live streaming as well as uh, uh, e-commerce uh, related to uh, with video content. Uh, we think these are interesting new opportunities that we are in a great position to capture, uh, given a that uh, we are a uh, e-commerce uh, platform, and uh, from that angle, uh, in terms of uh, uh, commerce site, we have advantage uh, in actually converting uh, buyers in serving their orders uh, more efficiently and effectively with a better quality and experience with our integrated logistics and payment services, uh, as well as our overall uh, e-commerce capabilities. And B, don't forget that we are a, a social commerce platform in our DNA. Uh, so we are the, one of the first platform e-commerce platforms in our region to tap into social sellers. So this has always been part of our core competencies and strengths. Um, and see, given our larger, significantly larger scale uh, than all the platform, other platforms, and also the profitable position we have already achieved, we're in a better than ever position to actually capture a, a, a larger slice of uh, growth in the pie that we already see in the market. Uh, as uh, Forrest previously shared uh, just now, we actually already started to see some uh, progress and benefits uh, from our focus on, on this uh, content-based uh, uh, e-commerce activities in our region. Uh, and we have attracted a significant number of uh, top uh, influencers and uh, sellers to stream on our platform. As a result, uh, our Shopee platform in Indonesia has already, uh, we believe, become the largest live streaming uh, platform in the country. Uh, so this has been a focus area that uh, we are ramping up investment in as well. Uh, also, uh, we also started to wrap up investment in free shipping again uh, to capture more of the growth opportunities we're seeing in the market. So overall, I think, you know, given our stronger uh, operational and financial position, uh, given the relatively strong market conditions, and also given the new opportunities uh, that we see in the market that we have a significant advantage in capturing, uh, we do believe that now is a good time uh, to start to invest in growth. And in terms of the, where the investment uh, will be made, I think uh, it probably is covered by my uh, answer just now. Uh, and uh, uh, how it affect the top line and bottom line? Uh, I think it remains to be seen, the effect on the top line. Of course, uh, we uh, generally would expect uh, and would hope to see more uh, growth um, from the investment. And at the same time, uh, you know, the, uh, in terms of revenue impact, as we explained, uh, while we do see more sellers taking up uh, investment on our platform, uh, the impact on the VAS uh, from the free shipping program might have a, a accounting impact on the uh, total revenue. So we remain the, the net effect remains to be seen. Uh, in terms of the bottom line, also as shared uh, uh, by Forrest earlier, uh, it will have an impact on our bottom line uh, for Shopee and uh, in the group as a whole. Uh, but we think uh, given our capability and uh, ability also that we have proven to, to shift focus and to manage uh, growth as well as profitability um, from period to period and time to time, uh, we believe that uh, we will be able to manage it in a very responsible, efficient, and prudent manner and we'll closely monitor uh, each market uh, and its conditions and growth potential uh, and potential areas for investment from period to period. It's going to be a uh, very much a bottom-up and closely monitored pace of investment. 
Now turning to gains. Uh, so uh, yes, uh, as uh, you pointed out, we are very happy to see uh, positive trends on QAU, QPU, uh, and as well as um, uh, start to see signs, uh, positive signs for Free Fire specifically on the booking number. Uh, as we also shared earlier, we think this is a, 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 a strong signs. On the other hand, we continue to monitor and observe the trends uh, ongoing to see whether uh, this is the beginning of a long-term stabilization. Uh, in fact, uh, if uh, uh, when we see gains to show more seasonality, usually that is also a positive sign uh, that's a more stabilization of the game uh, given seasonality. And uh, from an EBITDA margin perspective, uh, uh, as we explained, um, as the free fire bookings uh, increased vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis, uh, the other games in the portfolio, uh, we do see a boost to our EBITDA margin. Um, but generally speaking, uh, during this uh, all the past periods, our EBITDA margin has remained uh, at a very uh, generally high level uh, compared to the industry average. Thank you. The next question comes from Alicia Yap from Citigroup. Please go ahead. Hi. Um, good evening, uh, management. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, I have two questions as well. Uh, first of all, uh, I'll follow up on the gaming. Um, can you share with us what have you done that has been working on re-engaging the user? And do you expect this user and booking growth, um, you know, could sustain? Um, how should we reconcile the user metrics in the gap revenue and the EBITDA trend into the second half? Um, and then for the e-commerce, it's also to follow up. Um, can management share with us um, what kind of results or achievement that you hope to obtain with your reaccelerations of the investment? Uh, what are the cushions level of the loss that you would want to uh, maintain um, along with your investment step up? Um, and then is there a specific country that will account for higher proportions of the investment spend? Thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, regarding the game, I think the, uh, all the act, uh, efforts uh, we've uh, shared before uh, in our our earnings calls uh, we think are, are paying off over time. Uh, I focus on the game communities, focus on generating content uh, that is tailored for our communities, and focus on better engagement with them, uh, and uh, and also better uh, user accessibility and user experience. Uh, so all these, I think, have been. Uh, helping us uh, building up uh, demand for our content and user engagement. Uh, as we explained before, from a gaming perspective, we focus on uh, active user base first and um, before monetization. And usually, uh, when you see uh, positive trends in user base, uh, we will uh, generally have been able to convert that uh, down the road into better monetization as well. Uh, so I think this is a trend has been uh, playing out. Uh, and again. Uh, we hope that uh, this is, again, a, a beginning of a, a long-term stabilization trend uh, for Free Fire as our largest game and uh, one of the largest games in the world. Uh, but also, on the other side, we remain cautious and want to continue to observe uh, for a few more periods. In terms of uh, gap versus booking, uh, we believe generally uh, they will start to uh, track uh, in directions. Uh, of course, from time to time, there could be um, uh, differences uh, due to uh, changes in recognition periods, uh, etc. Uh, from accounting perspective. Uh, so, but on, on the whole, I think we generally expect the, the big picture direction should be similar. Uh, in terms of the e-commerce, the, the KPIs we look at, of course, uh, you know, overall in terms of the user engagement, active user base. Um, and in particular, user engagement in areas that we are focused on, such as live streaming, uh, and as well as uh, some of the core categories we're focused on, such as fashion, health and beauty, home and living, and uh, these are high margin categories that have been traditionally our core uh, focus areas. Uh, and, and, and of course, that uh, hopefully translates into higher order number and GMB. These are some of the uh, key metrics uh, uh, you can expect us to track um, consistent with our past practices. The next question comes from Piyush Chowdhury from HS. 
HSBC. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. Sir, let me uh, continue to answer the previous question. And in terms of uh, uh, level of profit or loss, uh, you know, we, we are willing to sustain and during these periods. Um, I think the uh, overall we want to remain uh, as a self-sufficient. That self-sufficiency as a core focus has not been changed, and as shared by our CEO uh, just now, that uh, continue to be uh, our um, mantra. And uh, also uh, in terms of our cost efficiency improvement over time, we think that these are uh, competitive, important competitive modes. And, and in fact, uh, the fact that we can uh, become profitable so quickly and while maintaining the size of our ecosystem and our market, strong market leadership, uh, and uh, able to uh, now also invest in, in growth uh, while many of our peers are still uh, trying to manage their losses or are incurring very, very significant losses. Um, that shows that uh, you know the resilience and the strength of our ecosystem is and uh, will continue to be a competitive, important competitive role for us. Uh, as we shared previously, uh, we truly and strongly believe that in the longer run, the competition on e-commerce, uh, it doesn't matter you know, which angle you cut it and where you come from, it's a, 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 a very much a, a business that focuses on fundamentals. Uh, you need to serve your users well at the uh, lowest cost possible. So these are simple rules and principles that we follow. Uh, there are many ways to engage our users. There might be new ways to engage with them that we will be able to leverage. Uh, there are many, many different uh, service points we can touch and, uh, and, and also continue to improve. Uh, and there are also many cost points we will continue to improve on. And these are the key competencies, I think, uh, that brought us here to the current position of strong market leadership uh, with a, uh, the lowest cost uh, to serve a platform that allows us to be both a market leader but also profitable and one and only in Southeast Asia so far. I think we will not give up that, uh, that competitive vote and we'll continue to strengthen that. From period to period, we may make decisions and execute based on what we see is appropriate opportunities in the market and make investments. And those investments can be significant, um, but uh, well, we will continue to uh, focus on our execution uh, efficiency. And, uh, and also, uh, in the longer run, everything we're doing is continuing to strengthen our long-term profitability and uh, the market leadership. Uh, so those are the principles that we will always stick to in the long run. The next question the comes next from question. next question comes from Piyush Chowdhury from HSBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Good evening, and uh, thanks a lot for the opportunity. And two questions. Firstly, on e-commerce um, within Shopee Asia, can you talk a little bit about where you see better growth opportunities and where you will invest uh, uh, kind of significantly more? And what is the outlook for Shopee Brazil? Um, can we expect more investments even in Shopee rest of the other markets uh, and increasing losses there, or would you aim to reach a bit of break even in rest of markets first? And secondly, on gaming, um, can you give us some insights on the performance of Undawn post it launch? Uh, is it trending above or below your expectation? And any update on Free Fire game in India? Thank you, Piyush. Uh, in terms of uh, Shopping Asia, the growth opportunities we are seeing uh, are those that I, I shared earlier um, in terms of uh, overall market conditions being conducive and uh, consumption uh, resilient. At the same time, uh, we see new opportunities related to, uh, in particular, live streaming and uh, video content-based e-commerce uh, that we are trying to capture. Uh, and uh, uh, outlook for Brazil remained uh, strong. As we shared uh, this in previous quarter, uh, we continue to see Brazil as an important growth market for us in the long run, and uh, we will continue to invest in growth there. Uh, at the same time, uh, we continue to focus on efficiency of uh, growth. 
uh, you see that on a quarter-on-quarter basis, we saw improvements uh, in the uh, EBITDA loss per order for Brazil uh, as a result of uh, our continuing uh, improvement on uh, cost efficiency, in particular in logistics now in Brazil. Uh, we do believe this is a, remains a long-term uh, growth opportunity for us. For the other markets, uh, they're relatively uh, uh, you know, small for us uh, outside of uh, uh, Asia and Brazil, and uh, we believe they're, uh, at this point, they're mostly contribution margin positive, uh, so it doesn't really require too much investment. Uh, we'll continue to observe how the market uh, progress down the road. Amazon uh, has been launched, and uh, usually with a newly launched game, we uh, first uh, first are focused on um, engaging with our user base and try to uh, make sure we have a strong user base and good engagement level from these users. Uh, we would not be uh, very much focused on monetization uh, initial at the initial stage of the game, and the performance is still a winning expectation so far. Uh, we don't have any update uh, on Free Fire in India at this point. Thank you. The next question comes from Jiang Xiao from Barclays. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you uh, very much for taking my questions. Uh, first, I want to clarify when you said all the growth double digit. Um, I want to clarify that's quarter over quarter or year over year. And if you can comment on all the growth. Uh, are you seeing uh, higher growth in Brazil vis-a-vis Asia? Uh, my question is about the take rate. I think you talked about uh, the perhaps the, the higher uh, shipping subsidies um, has made an impact on the take rate for this quarter. But over the last few years, it seems you have maintained or grow your take rate pretty much every single quarter. Um, our back of the envelope calculation showing uh, the take rate sort of uh, was down quarter over quarter. Uh, should we expect the take rate now is kind of becoming more volatile going forward? How how should we think about the the drivers, the reasons behind the the, the fluctuation in, in the take rate if there is going to be one uh, going forward? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in terms of the order growth, uh, double-digit order growth, we're talking about quarter quarter. And uh, uh, Brazil order growth overall is uh, aligned with the group level. Uh, in terms of uh, take rate, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, our core marketplace uh, take rate continue to increase. Uh, however, if you look at the overall take rate, uh, it's affected by VAS uh, due to accounting uh, netting off uh, between uh, from the top line as we increase the shipping subsidies and VAS revenue is. Uh, uh, primarily related to logistics. Uh, so under uh, GAAP accounting rules, uh, we have to net off the shipping subsidies from uh, logistics revenue under VAS uh, at an order level. Uh, so that will affect the overall uh, take rates uh, as a result as well as the revenue growth. Uh, so this might compound uh, some of the trends you will be seeing down the road, um, but uh, I think the general trend should still be that uh, you know, we, we believe uh, on the, at the core marketplace level, we believe our sellers will continue to engage with us more and uh, uh, commissions uh, also. Uh, we do see some increase in commissions from time to time, but uh, it might not be increasing so rapidly uh, as uh, was uh, in the past uh, period. Uh, so we don't expect significant increase in the take rate. Uh, but also uh, in the down, uh, in the uh, forward period, there might be compounding effect from the VAS, which accounts for a large part of the secret as well. The next call comes from Ranja Sharma from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Hi, good evening, and thank you for the presentation. Um, two questions from my side. Firstly. Um, if I just look at the core marketplace revenues, I understand this seem to be flat as well, right? From first quarter to second quarter, core marketplace revenues of around $1.2 billion. If you have higher commissions, ad revenues, and GMV, um, shouldn't the marketplace revenues have gone up? If you can help explain what's, uh, what's, what's behind these numbers. Um, secondly, if the focus of the management is shifting towards growth again, are we going to start seeing quarterly GMV being disclosed as well? Thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, if you look at the core marketplace revenue, uh, quote unquote, actually growth rate that's accelerated uh, uh, from uh, in Q2 uh, to 7.4 percent, compared to about 2 percent uh, in Q1, uh, Q1, Q2. Uh, so I think it's still uh, it's like it's an increase in the in the growth of the two three at the core marketplace level. Uh, and uh, in terms of uh, GME disclosure, I think we will continue to make a decision about it uh, quarter on quarter. We may uh, provide certain spot disclosure from time to time where we see relevant. So, uh, again, uh, uh, no decision has been made at this point yet. The next question comes from Thomas Chong from Jefferies. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, good evening. Uh, thanks, management, uh, for taking my questions. Um, I have a question uh, relating to the uh, fintech side. Uh, can you comment about how we should think about um, the strategies uh, going forward uh, in terms of the business model um, as well as um, our digital bank initiative and how we should think about um, the margin trend uh, for fintech? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, in terms of the uh, fintech business, uh, we're uh, pleased to see that it continues to produce a strong cash flow uh, and, uh, and also very strong year-on-year growth uh, with a stable risk profile. Uh, and uh, as we uh, explained before, uh, overall, we think at this stage we try to uh, maximize the synergies between our Shopee and the C-Money uh, ecosystems. And, uh, uh, and the focus on building a strong platform with resilience and uh, uh, a strong capabilities and a good service to our users. Uh, this is still a very early stage for us at the fintech level, um, but uh, it's a, uh, uh, already a very good business, so producing stable good cash flow, so we're happy to see how it is. So we'll focus on more on the health of the growth and, uh, and the synergies to make sure we maximize efficiency uh, of the business at this stage. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Minju Song for any closing remarks. Uh, thank you, operator, and thank you all for joining today's call. We look forward to speaking to all of you again next quarter. Thank you. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect. <laughs>